All right, you guys, welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Cassaba, and I am beyond honored and just really excited to have Rebecca Zung on the show tonight. And Rebecca, thank you, first of all, just for taking the time out of your crazy busy life and being here with my audience. Mm, I am so, so excited to be here with you and with your energy, with your spirit. This is like really the highlight of my day. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Rebecca, I, this is kind of a question I always ask people in the very beginning. So the work that I know that you do is you really help people negotiate with narcissists. You have a book launching in October. You're like the expert on all of this. I mean, you have an incredible YouTube channel. I've seen you speak. You're an incredible presenter on this topic, but I want to kind of know the story behind how you got here doing this kind of work in the world. Mm -hmm. And you're an attorney. So that's a key point, right? Top 1% of US attorneys. Like that's amazing. That's incredible. So you really know what you're doing when it comes to negotiating, but you also really know what you're doing when it comes to negotiating with narcissists. Yeah. So it's like the behind the music. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like the MTV behind the music. I think we just gave our age away. (laughs) Well, I heard. (laughs) So yes, can you tell us kind of the story behind all of this? Yes. Well, I mean, I could sit here and tell you that, oh, I know all about negotiating with narcissists because of my my clients and helping them with my with that. But actually it was I, you know, I'd heard the term narcissist thrown around mm-hmm. M- more recently, honestly, in the last yeah. few years, it wasn't really all that used even by my clients mm-hmm. until the last few years, but it wasn't until a f- just recently in the last three years, th- three, four years ago that I had a narcissistic business partner. I had mm. merged my practice. I hadn't my own practice, a pretty big high-end practice for divorce. And I decided I really was more of an entrepreneur at heart and I wanted to do other things. And so I had launched my practice with a couple of other guys who I'm still partners with today, but I don't practice anymore. Hmm. And I decided I wanted to do entrepreneurial things. So one of the things that I did was I ended up with a a partner and the business partner ended up to be a person who ended up to be a narcissist. Mm. And this person was female. And honestly, I didn't know a narcissist could be female and I didn't know Mm. a narcissist could be covert, which is what this person ended up to be. and. Until somebody mentioned to me, oh, you know, she's a covert narcissist. Mm. And I thought, what? What is that? No, no, no. I don't think so. I think she's just insecure, you know. And then somebody gave me a book about it and I was just blown away. And really the, the feelings that this person had brought up in me were like the same feelings that I had as a kid being bullied on the playground, mm. honestly. And so that was when I really was 
thinking, oh my God, I could actually apply what I'm learning about narcissism to what I already know about negotiation. Yes. And that was when I actually started to see movement in really, really difficult cases. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense, but like, that's such a, like a moment, right? That's such a shift that happens. Yeah. It was a huge shift. It was a massive aha moment. Mm. And then right after that COVID hit Mm. and uh, I couldn't fly back and forth. I was, you know, living partially in California and partially in Florida. And I was flying back and forth between California and Florida to practice law and I couldn't fly. So I, at the same time I was learning about YouTube and I was learning Mm -hmm. about digital courses and how to create them and all that sort of thing. And so I started to do some little videos on YouTube. I was mostly doing them initially on negotiation in general, which, and they weren't getting any views at all. Well, I actually joke that it was my mom and her church friends. (laughs) The the best supporters, right? (laughs) The only ones who were watching them. My mom would be like, I watched all your videos. And like, okay, that's so good. And it's like 30 views. And so then I did one video on how to negotiate with a narcissist and all of a sudden 750 views. I was like, okay, what's going on over here? And yeah. And so I thought, okay, let me, I guess, do a few more videos on that. And 35 million views later, (laughs) 35 million. That's where I'm at now at two and a half years later. Wow. That so. is incredible. So, I mean, talk about a moment, right? And yeah. not a, a, it's an entrepreneurial moment, right? When something goes viral like that, like it's so exciting. But I think the coolest part of it is, you know, you're touching an audience that needs your message, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So wow. I have 35 million views on my channel now. I'm coming up on 400,000 subscribers in just wow. two and a half years. And I mean, I've sold thousands and thousands and thousands of my courses and wow. I do not practice law anymore. I have a massive team. So cool. I have, I'm really only limited now by how fast I can add team yeah. members and put out content and get more verticals going in all the different spaces that I want to get them going. And uh, so, and uh, you know, I'm so excited by really how many people I can help and all the things that I can do. So. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is just incredible. I love nothing more than to see another woman entrepreneur just crush it, like soar and help so many people. And so I want to dig into, obviously, narcissism. It is such a misconstrued word, misinterpreted, misunderstood. Even for me, you know, I've had people come to me in my life. Like you said, it's interesting. Just in the last probably four few years, this word's being thrown around a lot more. And when I first heard it, I'm like, what is that? You know, what is what is a narcissist? What is narcissism? I, I And when people would explain it, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around fully. So can we even start there? Just bare bones basic, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding in the world around it. 
Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. I think that's a perfect place to start. Awesome. Because obviously there's a lot of misconception about it. I think mm-hmm. people, as soon as they say, I did a great job, go, oh, there, she's a narcissist. Right. You know, <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, yeah. it's it's good to have pride in yourself or yes. or 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 say that you have accomplishments. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You know. I think that there, you have to separate out, you know, saying that it, confidence from being a narcissist. Right. Right. I mean, standing in your power from being mm-hmm. a narcissist. Actually, a narcissist really has neither of those, right. to be honest with you. They don't stand in their power and they're, they don't actually really have confidence. Mm-hmm. They actually have zero self-esteem and Mm -hmm. zero power inside. They are completely and totally empty inside. That's how they feel. And so they, they layer on all this stuff from the outside to make it seem like they've got all of that. They, you know, they're, they're completely, completely externally driven everything because they feel totally and completely empty inside. It's scarcity to the utmost extreme. Mm. And and it is it is a legitimate personality disorder. Yeah. But you know, I like to explain it in a lay person yeah. term. Right. You know, so but they have to get all of their value from external sources, which is you, whoever's around them. Right. And so you're left feeling totally and completely empty. And yet they're still starving because mm-hmm. it is a black hole. Like they right. can never get enough. They can never get enough. So mm. that's really what it is. Yeah. That and, is, and that's I, why I, they have no feeling of empathy, by the way, right. because if you're like in survival mode all the time, you know, they can't, think about anybody but themselves, because if you're like, you know, starving and and in survival mode, they can't think about anybody but themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone listening is thinking about a certain person or a few in their life. I know that's what's coming up for me. And you're just like hitting the nail on the head and it makes so much sense. So let's talk about kind of some of the situations that often come up? Like, what do you find yourself, you know, falling into the traps of in a relationship with a narcissist? Yes. So whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship, they all start off exactly the same. And that is, it's probably the most charming, charismatic, personable Mm -hmm. person that you've ever, ever met. They're extremely good at reading people and they're extremely good at being a chameleon for becoming the exact person that you, they want you to, to see, like, in other words, Mm -hmm. they read you They're you know, I always say how, you know, in Malcolm Gladwell's book, the outliers, Mm -hmm. he talked about the 10,000 hours to achieve mastery. Well, they've actually been reading people since childhood. So they achieved right. 10,000 hours like long before they even yeah. hit puberty, probably, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, they're like masters at this game. And so what they actually are doing is reading you to mm. see what you 
want to see. Yeah. And so they they're kind of a chameleon. That. Yeah. They are. They are. And so, you know, they actually are, you know, they sweep you off your feet and, and, you know, you're the most beautiful, the most charming, the most intelligent, the most, mm. we are soulmates. We were born for each other. Why haven't we met before? And, 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 and it's just intoxicating and you don't even have a chance to breathe because this person has just overwhelmed you. And even if it's in a business setting, yeah, which is what I had to, mm-hmm. yes, you're completely captivated because they're emailing you 15,000 times a day. They're texting you 20,000 times a day. Even if it's a business situation, yeah, it's, I've got all these leads for us. I've got all these amazing things. Oh my gosh, look at what we're going to create. No, no, no. And, and you get so excited about it. So if that's a business situation mm-hmm. and so, and, and if it's a romantic situation, it's, you know, we need to get married right away. We need to move in right away, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you try to stop to take a breath and mm-hmm. go, wait a minute, maybe we should slow down. Yeah. Why wait? Yeah. Come on, we're perfect. We would just be wasting time. Life is short. Let's do this. And so you don't have a chance to to stop and take a breath because yeah. and if you start to see red flags along the way, you 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 almost just discount them because yeah. everything else is just lining up so perfectly. And so by the time you you have a moment to see those red flags. Like clearly you're already locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can like feel it. Right. I can totally feel this. So then what happens, right? When does the ball drop? What is almost right away? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Almost right away. So, you know, once you're locked in, then that devaluing phase starts right Mm. away, you know, like ghosting you. Uh, why are you calling me so much? You're so needy. You know, there now it's, uh, I never said I was going to pay you back. What are you talking about? Right. You're crazy. They make you seem crazy because it's, it's so the opposite of what they were just doing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And most people are used to dealing with I hate to say normal people, but you know, I mean, I don't think there is anything as a such thing as a normal person, but normal relationships where kind of what you see is what you get and what people are saying and what they're doing matches somewhat for the long run, not this game of kind of cat and mouse that can just switch in an instant, it seems like, right? Right. And then if something doesn't line up, you know, then they've got some kind of explanation for it and and they're really, really good at kind of putting it together. And you're like, well, I guess, I guess so. And, you know, and then it's, it's babe, I told you this. And, you know, we talked about this. Don't you remember? And you're like, no, that's not what we talked about, but Mm -hmm. okay. I, I don't think so, but all right. You know, and then, you know, it's like, should I say something about it or should I not? And and yeah. they pick people who are really empathetic, who are really nice. And, and then they get you to feel sorry for them. You know, well, it was just mm. because I had a really bad day or, you know, I had a really horrible childhood yeah. or it was it's all about it, them. Yeah. Right. Or it's because I had a, a horrible ex who's like, you know, after me and you know that, or why are you bringing that up now? And you know how horrible my week was. Mm. And, 
you know, um, I can't believe you're on me about this right now. You know what I'm doing, what, what, what's going, what's going on with me right now, you know? And, and, and so like, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Very manipulative, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I have seen that and I, I feel like I can't say too much (laughs) on a public broadcast, but kind of an example that I've seen in my life is, you know, like you're saying the ghosting, the like, I don't even know what happened. Like everything was just fine. And now like you were messaging me every single day and all of a sudden now I'm just like cut out of your life and I don't even know what happened. I don't even know what happened. And then, you know, a couple months later, all of a sudden, like, let's do a trip together. Let's do And I'm like, it's so crazy making. It's so, so crazy, crazy making. making. So I want to ask you this because obviously I want to touch on negotiating with a narcissist and that can be just negotiating in a family relationship, right? But yeah, negotiating can be a a number of different ways, of course, but all of this is really, really important. And I want people to understand this because when, and, and a lot of people don't understand this. Lawyers don't understand this. Judges don't understand this. Mediators don't understand this. And I think that this is really, really important stuff mm. because they see two people sitting across from each other and they both look like regular, normal, regular people. Yeah. And they go, why can't this person focus? What is wrong with them? Yeah. Well, this person seems regular, reasonable, and put together, and this person seems crazy. Well, this person must be the crazy one, and they don't right. realize that this person has cognitive dissonance and has been mentally abused or whatever, right. and and is probably the person who isn't the actual crazy one. Right. Right. <laughs> Yes. But yes. probably is the one who's been baited and and mentally and emotionally abused for the last yes. five, 10 years or 15, 20 years, whoever, whatever it is. Yeah. And is really the one it that's reasonable. That's that's crazy in a way for me to think about it from the law standpoint, because like you said, you put two people in a courtroom in front of a judge who's never met either. And the rational one looks like the crazy one and the crazy one looks like they got it all together. That's correct. I mean, this subject in courtrooms, you're right. Like that has got to just be, like you said, it, it changed everything, right? It changed everything from that point forward when you started to really understand this if we're talking about kind of our everyday life and our family and our friendships and our relationships, and there's somebody in your life that you think, oh, I, yep, I think they're everything she's saying. I think that the, he or she is a narcissist. How do you deal with that in just general? Because what I've always heard is you can't argue with a narcissist. And I'm like, well, then what am I supposed to do with this? Right? Like, what am I supposed to, I can't walk out of this relationship or this person might be, you know, somebody in my family or somebody that, you know, you're just not, you're not in a situation where you can just cut ties. How do you deal with somebody in your life that is a narcissist? So, I mean, you, 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 I wouldn't try to argue with a narcissist because yeah. that is totally a waste of time. That's for sure. But, you know, I always say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. You know, mm. so you, you, you're you kind of pivoting. You're pivoting the point of yeah. power because you have to, you know, turn the ship around. 
You have to change the power dynamic. And Mm. that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And I, I, I purposely have created that step one, two, and three, because I want people to go easy on themselves and understand that it's okay if they can't just turn it around and feel powerful. Yeah. You know, it's baby steps and they weren't conditioned overnight and they're not going to be reconditioned overnight. Mm -hmm. And really what I call that love bombing phase is really a conditioning phase. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's a manipulation phase. Right. And so you have to step one, when I say don't run, that's where you're starting to put some boundaries into place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your first set of boundaries is maybe you just start to say, I'm going to just start looking at this person as if I'm a third party. Maybe that's your first step Mm -hmm. and start looking at them as if they are having a tantrum on the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're a child and I can just see that. I can see that it's them and not me. Right. I can. I love that. I love that picture right there. I can see that it's them and not me. I think that sentence is so powerful. And like you said, it's just something really, truly you're just saying to yourself, you're saying in your own mind, but in that one sentence, in that one picture, you're starting to take your power back. Yeah. Yeah. That's your first step. Mm. Step one, don't run. I'm looking at it. I can see it. Okay. That's your first step. Mm, so powerful. Baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. So step two, what do we well, do in the U-turn? I mean, there's a lot of different things in step one. Okay. You know? keep, then keep going. What's next? Yeah. I think a lot of different things in step one, you know, get some information, get, mm-hmm. start, start really, you know, things like a YouTube channel or yeah. learning about narcissism and getting a support system around you. and figuring out what it is that you want to do, whether it's, you know, if it's a family situation or you're getting a divorce or you're going to, it's a business situation and you want to leave the job or you want to get out of a business partnership or whatever it is, the steps that you're going to take, even if it's a family situation, by the way, it's okay to say, I'm going to create boundaries that work for me, Mm. you know? this person is not allowed to come over to my house every single day, or this person is not allowed to just call me whenever they want to, or they're just not allowed to speak to me in a certain Mm -hmm. way. You know, the way that you're speaking to me is not working for me. Yeah. That's okay to say that. Right. It's okay to say that. Yeah. You know, it's okay to say, I am, you know, I would like to, you know, this, this communication is, is not working for me. We can continue this when you can be calm and respectful Mm. and, and, and that is completely okay. Yeah. I love that you've broken this down into steps because I mean, I'm feeling myself in it. Right. And I'm, I'm just feeling the fact that like, that would be that baby step is a really important, actually, you know, big step for so many people, especially when you have been manipulated, kind of beat down. You know, it might be a six month thing, but it could be a two decade long thing. And especially, I think the more history there is with that person, 
you know, those, those pivots are, are harder, you know, and, and I was thinking too, it's so interesting. It's like, whether, you know, you're, you're kind of stepping away and you're divorcing someone or walking out of a business partnership or the opposite, you love this person either way, educating yourself on it and just gaining more knowledge is going to serve you as well. And I think that's the important thing. I think sometimes when we're dealing with difficult people, we're like, I don't want to spend my time like learning about them, but it's really going to serve us in the long run. So much so, yeah, so much so, you know, and, and just learning like these little phrases, like I'm saying to you, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I like one of my favorite phrases is I agree with you because it, it kind mm. of like disarms them, but yes. you can say, I agree with you that that's what you think. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You've agreed with nothing. Right. <laughs> you know? like, I love that. <laughs> you know, I agree that that's your opinion. Right. <laughs> Yes, but so disarming in that instant. And they're going to kind of think like, wait, what did she just say? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I agree that we can't agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So powerful when you're dealing with a narcissist. I can see that. Yeah. So then we go to to where after that? So, and then step two is is, um, make a U-turn. And this Mm -hmm. is where you're actually going to start, like if you're negotiating with them, maybe presenting agreements or or actually, you know, standing in your power and actually, Mm -hmm. you know, in my slay methodology, it's strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focus on you. And Mm -hmm. this is where you're actually maybe going to start presenting your leverage and really starting to get a a little bit more on the offensive, you know, and, and starting to feel the one thing I will say, and people, you will start to see this as you start, the more you start to stand in your power, the more you will start to see the narcissist get a little bit more wobbly. Mm -hmm. And that is that they are more afraid of you than you are afraid of them. Oh, I heard that in one of your YouTube videos. And I was like, whoa, that's so like spot on, but it's nothing that it makes so much sense. Right. And that's why I say it's so spot on, but that's nothing that would have crossed my mind at all. Had you not said that. Yeah. And they just don't want you to know it. They're so afraid you're going to figure that out. They are massively afraid of abandonment. Mm. That is one of their hugest fears of all time. That's why they're constantly trying to control you. I mean, they're constantly trying to control their kingdom. I mean, they're they're extremely fear-based people, extremely scarcity-based people. I mean, think about it. People who are in abundance, people who are in love, I mean, they're not scared people. They're not worried people. They're not constantly trying to control people. Right. Right. I mean, so they are very nervous. They're very worried that you're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out that they're not as great as they think they are and all Mm. of of that, that the jig is going to be up. I always say it's like the... um, the Wizard of Oz, like, mm. you know, remember the, like the big. Oh head? yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, the actual, like back the curtain. Yes. Yes. It was like the little feeble <sighs> old man or whatever. Yes. That's what it's like. 
And that is amazing. A narcissist is the great odds. Yeah. Intimidating, yes. fear-based, controlling, yet this big behind the curtain. Yes. And you are actually like Dorothy. You actually always had it the whole time and you didn't even realize it. Mm. How empowering mm-hmm. is that, especially for women? I hate to say it, but women dealing with male narcissists in a marriage and, you know, getting out of a marriage like that. I mean, oh, that's a beautiful, just beautiful. They've always had it, you know, and so empowering to be able to teach women that. Yeah, but it's so true. And they didn't attach themselves to you because you had so little value. They attached Mm. themselves to you because you had so much. And I always say that because they don't want the clearance rack stuff. Mm. Like that doesn't interest them. Right. They want the good stuff. Yeah. Even though they they mistreat you the whole time. Yeah. You know, they they're getting something out of that. Right. And right. they just they're so afraid you're actually going to leave. And um so they you know they're they're going to have a tantrum mm-hmm. when you start to find your power. Yeah. Because it's almost like that child, that toddler who, you know, when you take their bottle, they, yeah. they think, okay, I just need to scream louder and scream longer. And they'll 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 see and they'll finally give it back to me and they'll give in eventually. And then where they're always the worst before you give up. Right. Right. Where like, and not only, I think one of my questions is like, how do you become a narcissist? Like, where does this Mm -hmm. stem from? Mm -hmm. But also it's so, it's so self-sabotage on their part, right? They want control. They want you to think they're amazing. So like, what in the world is it that makes them kind of shoot themselves in the foot? Like, and go 180 degrees in the opposite direction if that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Is it just self sabotage? Oh, there's definitely a self sabotage element of it, but not purposely. But I, I'm so glad that you asked me the question about where it comes from because yeah. I actually just learned about this when I was doing research for my book. Yeah. It actually comes from childhood, which I always knew, Mm -hmm. but it's even more interesting than that. It it was because during childhood, they were continuously exposed to trauma. Mm. And we all, when we are exposed to trauma, even as adults, uh, when our brains, when we're, when we are presented with, you know, the fight or flight, our brains dump chemicals into, you know, into our system, which is, you know, epinephrine and cortisol and adrenaline and all of that so that we can either prepare to fight or flight. Right. And, but what happens when that happens, when, when, when we are doing this continuously is the brain actually becomes damaged over time. Wow. And, um, so, and, and it's the limbic system part of the brain that becomes damaged. And so with narcissists, they have something called narcissistic injury. And that what happens is when they get presented with certain stimuli in their environment, they 
they perceive to be a threat, Mm -hmm. whether we see it as a threat or not, they perceive it to be a threat and it could be the smallest thing. It could be a slight. Yeah. It could be any kind of thing that narcissistic injury kicks in, which is the limbic system. Part of the brain takes back over that makes sense. And that narcissistic rage can come flying out and they don't think clearly anymore. Right. That part of their brain has taken back over and that's it. And that's why there's something called splitting Mm. with a narcissist and they think in black or white, right. you're either for them or against them. And if you're mm-hmm. against them, then you are their public enemy number one yes. and they have to go after you. And so when you're negotiating with a narcissist, they're, they they want to take you down. They're going to take you down before anybody else can take you down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like they come after you with all guns. And so this is why when you're having a conversation with them, you can't have a, r- a rational, reasonable conversation. They don't have the same goals and they will take themselves down to take you down. Right. That is that self-sabotage thing. They don't even see what. Yeah. Because it's actually coming from, like you said, it's a brain injury. Like it's a trigger and you see that kind of personality switch from This makes, this is blowing my mind, Rebecca. Like this is just making so much sense. And and this is the education we're talking about because when you can understand people and you can truly understand, I love that you talked about the limbic system. I'm mesmerized by just brain science and, you know, where this comes from, from childhood. It also, you know, is one of those things that I'm like, it's almost like, I I work in the world of recovery and people, you know, are challenged by the idea that their, you know, husband or wife or best friend who's an alcoholic, they think like, come on, you just need some more willpower. Like there's something going on in their brain with addiction. You know, we're talking about narcissism being the same type of thing. They can't just, they don't have the ability to. They don't. Yes. Wow. They don't. Wow. That's why I wrote this book because I was like, they can't just sit down at a negotiation table and be treated like, okay, we just have two rational, reasonable people who can right. just discuss it. You know, like you no, they're not. I mean, you almost have to treat it like autism or right. any other type of brain differential. Right. It's, completely different, especially when that narcissistic injury is triggered and that part right. of the brain is takes back over. Yeah. They're not thinking they will take themselves down to take you down. And I have seen it. Yes. This makes so much sense in the parallel between addiction and narcissism, you know, and the fact that it is such a brain issue and not a personality issue. It's it's just, they're so parallel. It's, it's blowing my mind. This is so, I cannot wait to read your book. The world needs your book like this. Your work is going to change the world. I mean, I just feel like this is what God has called you to, and you've just, Oh, I feel up. like it too. 
Yeah. I feel, I know that this is what God has called me to. There's, I just had this conversation with somebody this morning. I'm just getting the chills. Yeah, I am too. I only just got teary eyed, like thinking about it. Yeah. I just had this conversation with somebody this morning because I was like, I don't get 35 million views on my channel in two years because it's just me. It's definitely God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that, you know, I was an attorney and I like all of the, my thing, the, every piece of my background mm-hmm. was like, I feel like I was chosen. All roads led you here. Mm-hmm. All roads led you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is such a beautiful, I'm just the voice. Thing. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. So as I, we I'm very up, humble yeah. about it because I do believe it was God. And if you read my book, you'll see that God is the first, my first thank in my acknowledgments. I love that so much. I mean, and that's again, and I probably just felt that from like your energy and just what I see coming through you because so much of my own story is like all roads led me here. And I never thought these twisty, crazy roads would all converge at one point in my life. And then knowing that you're doing God's work and just truly feeling like I'm just the messenger. I'm just the vessel. And I just try to stay open every single day. And, And I think the funny thing is sometimes we can get so fired up and passionate about our message. And it's like, I never want people to think it's like, that I think I'm so wise. I'm like, this is literally like what I'm supposed to be sharing and what I'm supposed to be teaching and what I'm supposed to be telling you. And I think when you have that God connection and you know that, we do get ourselves out of the way and allow it to come through, you know? Yeah. I'll have to send you what's on my mirror. Um, Every morning I look at this, I have to send it to you. I know we're like, I know this is a podcast, but we're basically having like a personal conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's why I love podcasts. <laughs> I, I, should I read you what's on my mirror? Yes, please. So I, just, I literally just sent this to Erica, Libby, yeah. one of our other friends. I, I just sent this to Erica last week. It says, it's not your business. It's God's business. You are the servant of something effing unstoppable. Get out of the way. Just allow, let go and let God. Oh, you're speaking my language (laughs) and you're speaking my language too, because I am infamous for dropping God in the F-bomb in the same (laughs) sentence, because I mean, my God doesn't judge. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. That is so good. So we got to wrap up though, with the third step, because we talked about, say them again, stop, don't run. Yeah. Step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Mm, so good. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all part of my slay methodology, which, yeah. you know, um, and breaking free is like where you actually take back your power. And, mm-hmm. and for me, the true power is where I, this is the way I like to put it. And I like, I love that it actually lines up with the why in my slay methodology, mm-hmm. which is you and and that is where you know i always say you know 100% is is one before you even walk in the room and and but really that there will always be narcissists in this world and they will always be toxic and the true power is in knowing who you are yes 
and feeling whole and complete and feeling connected to the divine, whatever that means for you and living to God's highest intention for yourself and, and living that out on, in your purpose on this planet, but, and fulfilling that. Yes. And and when once you know who you are and you feel whole and complete and and you stand in your power, mm. narcissists will you'll re- repel them. They yeah. won't come near you. Right. Because they right. don't want to be near people who know who they are and stand right. in their power. Ugh. They go find other people. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kind of the weaker, more manipulatable people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're, and we've all kind of been there at some phase in our life. So we're not, you know, casting stones. (laughs) No, but believe me, I was, (laughs) I've had my share, believe me. Yeah. Recently. Oh. Oh my gosh. Rebecca, thank you for this conversation. It is so eye opening. I cannot wait to truly share it with the world, share it with all my listeners. And I just want to applaud you for the work that you're doing that. I feel like you're just getting started, even though all of these millions of views and stages and books, I feel like God's just saying, you're just getting started, girl. Like this is going to be bigger than you could ever imagine. Mm. Well, I'm here for whatever, whatever he decides. So yeah, I love that. Well, we will put everything in the show notes. The book is launching when? Oh yeah. So October 3rd and- Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have a couple of things for your audience. So yes, awesome. um, free phrases for disarming narcissists, which they can get at disarmthenarc.com. Okay. And, and we'll put that link down below too. Yes. And then they can get the book pre-order or or order it depending on when pre-order when the, it, pre-order it. <laughs> yes. Pre-order it, please. At slaythebully.com, please. Uh, so slaythebully.com pre-order it. If you pre-order it and you go to slaythebully.com, there are like $400 worth of bonuses. So please do that. Awesome. And, um, cause you definitely want to get your bonuses and uh, follow me on YouTube, youtube.com, yes. Rebecca Zung, ESQ, Instagram, Rebecca Zung, and my website is Rebecca Zung. Awesome. 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 Well, you guys heard it. Go do all the things. Everything is in the show notes below. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I want to hear from you guys. So if you share this episode, because this episode is one that needs to be shared on everybody's social media, tag Rebecca, tag me message us, tell us, you know, your takeaways, what you learned. We want to hear from you. And thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us and share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes and we will see you next week.